Hey, what's up, Low Voltage Nation? This is Blake, and we have Zach Cordova from Best Security Systems. He provides low voltage solutions. He's also an LVN ambassador, and man, he's been providing tremendous value. So let's get after it. We got Zach Cordova from Best Security Systems on the show tonight. He is an LVN ambassador, and he has he has been contributing quite a bit to especially the uh, the LVN meetup uh, with with the um, the 14 USMB rack. Zach, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. How are you, Blake? I'm well, man. So you know we've been actually talking quite a bit, uh, and it's it's been really fun getting to know you. And now we're gonna kind of dive a little bit deeper. But apparently. I think it was Mark Nagao. You mentioned Mark Nagao is the reason why you uh, you're in Low Voltage Nation, like in the Slack channel and an ambassador. So is that is that how you got into the into the channel? Right. Yeah. If if, if I remember correctly, that's originally how I got introduced to the group and actually discovered Low Voltage Nation and what it was all about. Uh, Mark Nagao from Cisco Small Business, he's the product manager there, uh, invited me to the group and I joined and. Um, was introduced to you and everyone else, the ambassadors of the group. And I thought it was just a great, amazing place. Um, I kind of just joined originally to be a member of the group. And um, I created a channel. I think it was the Voice RP channel. Yeah, it was and VoIP. got in trouble by you. It wasn't, for... the, it wasn't the VoIP one. It was the second one that you created. Because I, I, oh. I let the VoIP one slide, and then you created another one because Eric Winders was, you guys were so excited about something. I was like, hold on a second. There's ground, oh, there's ground oh, rules. Either way, I, I, I basically <laughs> created a channel, and you got on me about that. And then you signed Pierre Smithwick from All Green Lights and myself to basically managing channels. And then at, I think at that point, that's just when I slipped in and became an ambassador, really. I think that's <laughs> right. how I got I was like, that role. I was like, sorry for being a... Uh... Being an asshole here, <laughs> being an ambassador, hey man, stay in here because you were providing a lot of good value, and I didn't want to like make you mad or you know because everybody's welcome, and I really appreciate it. I just gotta kind of set some ground rules. It's like you with threads, like you are the enforcer of threads in Slack. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've really been because I, I I didn't even know that you could do threads at first when I joined. <laughs> And you got to me about that. I was like, oh, really? So I, I, I see. So this is actually pretty cool because then you can keep stuff organized. And now being an ambassador, I'm, you know, every time I see people not doing threads, I'm there saying threads, people. Threads, people. I've seen you do that a couple of times the last couple of days. Yeah. That's awesome. So what's up? What's up with your sound engineering background? Because you seem like you know a lot about like microphones and, you know, and audio gear. Do you have a background in sound engineering? I wouldn't say, you know, I, I've never done sound engineering professionally. Okay. But I've had years of experience. In fact, I've I've had more experience with that than the low voltage industry just on the side um, at, at a church and um, just basically volunteering, helping out with stuff. Um, we have a local uh, venue here called the Armory. It used to be a uh, military armory that they, the city of Brighton here, they bought it and they made it into a venue so i've done different helping out with stuff there i've done um, a lot of audio mixing uh, setting up audio equipment you know i know all about it i've used some post-production software from time to time i've done a lot of video shooting kind of on the side just you know for fun i haven't really done it as a profession ever um, but i i'm still pretty good at it i own a lot of equipment myself i own a lot of video and audio equipment um, 
that's why I have this audio equipment right now. I actually finally have a practical use for it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you, you actually sound really good. And which, which microphone are you using? This is actually, it's a Shure SM58. Okay. Yeah. Microphone. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got one of those. And I'm actually, think, I was thinking about switching to the SM58 because I just bought the Focusrite Scarlet 2 channel preamp. And I have an XLR cable and an SM58. And I was going to substitute that for um this yeti because it's a usb mic and i i think i found the problem i think it's my desktop that doesn't sound good with a usb mic which doesn't make any sense but now i'm using my laptop and it sounds a lot better via usb so i don't you know have a, the right driver for it i don't even think it uses a driver because i went on their website on on blue yeti website and i downloaded some software and it didn't really do anything it wasn't like a driver so i i don't know but for some reason because i have a much newer laptop it's the microsoft surface pro book or something and um it actually sounds a lot better which is weird because i thought it would just be like digital conversion it wouldn't matter so i don't know it's interesting yeah, yeah this is mounted up on a gorilla pod yeah. <laughs> as a, uh, to try to reduce the noise from the desk because i don't have a suspension mount for it yeah and I have that going into a it's a behringer usb mixer that's how oh, nice the computer yeah so 2802 usb yeah i was gonna get one of those i actually bought a gorilla pod today i bought the the focus right and the gorilla pod for my camera i didn't know you could oh, put them i didn't know you yeah, could put a mic on it <laughs> yeah you'll, you'll really like it i just i i unscrewed the uh the quick release head that you put a camera on yeah yeah, yeah. i have a couple adapters to go into my mic mount and i just slipped it right in there and that's my doohickey my <laughs> holder here and that goes into xlr into the mixer and then the computer takes it in via usb and then to hear you i have that coming out with a 3.5 millimeter to rca going and then looping just back to my headphone so it doesn't loop back into the usb and ah, okay. i got you yeah with the gorilla pod see i have one of those cheap ones i bought from walmart and it, it's not very sturdy <laughs> but but i'm i think i'm the only guy in nashville that walks around with with this apparatus pointing at my face and like recording myself doing video <laughs> but now i'm gonna get this gorilla pod so i'm gonna go around nashville i'm just gonna you know be one of those vloggers that just goes around the city and just vlogs all day long so that's you my have a good shotgun mic for your camera yeah, I actually, well, I have the Rode video mic. I have the Rode video mic pro that I bought many years ago. It still works. Uh, takes it's a awesome. nine, takes a nine volt battery. Um, that's what I did like most of the podcast up until just a few weeks ago, most of the podcast with the Rode video mic. And, but now I bought another, one. I bought the smaller one because it can mount on like the hot seat thing or whatever, the little shoe on the top of the camera. Uh, uh -huh. cause the other one is all broken. I just have it like wrapped in the gorilla pod thing. all like kind of ghetto. <laughs> walking around town with that <laughs> it looks ridiculous That's what i have on mine as well <laughs> oh really oh cool sweet so hey let's um let's talk about your history i want to i want to get to know like where you got started and uh tell me about your story from being a little kid and uh, up until now yeah so um i've been native to colorado all my life the denver metro area um grew up in lakewood colorado and then uh, a few years ago, moved up here to Brighton, Colorado, which is about 40 minutes north of downtown Denver. So not too far. And um, I got started in the alarm business in 2013. And that's really how I got into this industry. We uh, moved into a new home fall of 2013 that was vacant for some time due to a corporate buyout. They moved, I believe he was a flight for life uh, pilot. And they 
bought out the house and moved the family out to, I believe it was somewhere in Kansas, it was for a hospital. And um, so we moved into this house and had a Honeywell Vista 20P alarm system in it that happened mm-hmm. to be loaded up with troubles. And we really had no intentions of using the alarm system. But I figured that I might as well look into it and see what the heck can be done with it to make it functional again. So I decided to hop on YouTube and start searching on how to fix the problems and managed to get into programming the system and figure out how to fix all the issues that caused the troubles, um, whether they were hardware related or programming or whatever they may be. So I started becoming comfortable with the Honeywell security system programming. And that's a really popular system there. It's like the second largest system you Mm -hmm. find in residential security and even commercial security. So I, I became really comfortable with it on maneuvering the system and doing work on it. I started helping out um, different neighbors and family members and stuff to fix their minor little issues to save them on service calls and whatnot, just becoming more and more familiar with the system. And um, I found out I really kind of had like a knack for this and could start doing this as a job potentially. So I thought, you know, what the heck, I'll see if I can start making a little money doing this. So at that point, I started offering my services just kind of as myself. And that's where my first company, New Age Security, came from. And that's the original name I went under as a DBA. And after that, I re- really didn't care for the name after a while and moved to Best Alarm. And nowadays, Best Security Systems LLC is what we are. And that's what it's been for the longest and what it probably will be for many years to come. And um, we have a full five-star rating on Google and Yelp here. We're on the top of the search terms and, you know, do excellent, excellent work and just take, you know, I I do the majority of the work myself and I really just take my time and do, you know, good quality gold standard work and slowly expand it into other areas like CCTV, access control, telecom, small business networking, AV, cabling, voice RIP, other low voltage miscellaneous stuff, which is, and it really just took off and grew from there. So with best security systems, do you feel like you're getting like a lot of like search engine optimization with that name? Cause it sounds like it's just like, it would get to the top of the results pretty quickly. Does that seem yeah. to help? Do you think? I, I would say so, at least on the Google and Yelp yeah. pages, because the thing, the one thing I don't like about our name is it's kind of, it, it's a two-sided thing. One thing is after a while, I've, I've kind of thought it sounds generic, mm-hmm. um, you know, best security systems. I mean, m- maybe it, maybe that's just from my perspective because I came up with it, but it almost <laughs> sounds somewhat generic, like s- some site that you would see that finds different products when you're searching one of those stupid sites. Um, <laughs> but it does help because it's apparently a very searched term on Google, like you said. So when people try to search best security systems, trying to just find high quality alarm systems, you know, what do they find? They find that. Um, and then, it, you know, due to the rating and demographics in this area, we're right up at the top of the search terms. So, you know, I, I think the name can actually really come to our benefit. People just searching for other stuff and then they find that just because it happens to be what they're trying to generically search. Yeah, um, our website. We need to get the search engine optimization set up because our website's brand new within the last few months. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, but with that, I think once we get that done and do the search engine optimization on that, I think we'll really be getting a lot more calls and stuff. Yeah. Where are you located? Are you in Denver, Colorado, or where are you? 
Yeah, just just north of the Denver metro area. It's in Brighton. It's kind of a small town. <clears throat> yeah. So if I if I did a search for best security systems, Denver, or trying to find you, I didn't catch any of that. You broke in and out. Quite oh, a bit. it was it was breaking up pretty bad. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Why well, I I said if I search best security systems, Denver, Colorado, and Google, you should pull up pretty high on the results, shouldn't you? In theory, you know, I, that's that's the thing. I've never really tried to search it outside of where I'm at here. I've never really had the ability. You know, I, I've have never tried to do it through like a VPN or something to change my IP to somewhere right. else. I got you. So is my audio breaking up a lot? Is that what's going on? No, it happened the first time just right there. Okay, good. Okay, I'm going to do a timestamp and maybe chop that up a little bit. It's 633, so. Okay. <clears throat> cool. Cool. So um, let's let's talk about um, the challenges you face. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, because your history is, you know, you're not necessarily like a, a a person that's seasoned in it. And I said you mentioned that your credibility was kind of hard to establish at first. Like, what what did you mean by that? Well, because I never really, you know, I just came into this industry from a YouTube video. Really, is what it comes down to, <laughs> right? <laughs> learning how to program an alarm system for a DIY hack that really, you know, <laughs> anyone should call professional for, but Hey, I managed to do it and, um, figure I might as well, cause I did it several times. Might as well start selling my services. Not sure how the heck I decided to get that idea, but I decided it'd be a good idea. And it, well, nowadays it ended up being a good idea, but, um, yeah. So I, it, at, at first it's just hard because I had nothing to show for. I had never, worked in this industry at all. I never had any formal training of any kind. I just was some goon who decided to get on the internet and learn how to do this stuff and then figured I should sell my services. So really trying to prove credibility of showing that I do actually know what I'm doing was really tough at first. Um, right. But as time went on and people started leaving the Google reviews after I got the Google page up and um, having references and stuff that really it just helped out proving that I actually do know what I'm doing. And then um, people really kind of just stopped asking about it as it, you know, got further down the line. Um, and the more time I had in actually working on um, these kinds of systems and doing this work. So it's really not an issue anymore just because we have great Google reviews on a bunch. Yeah. Of them. How many, um, how many five-star reviews do you have on Google? I think around 15 or so. Yeah. The there, there's a, yeah, there's one trick that I would use is I would make a QR code that would that would direct you to the five star rating on, or just a rating on Google. So you you ask your customer, you just do a QR code or ask your customer to go to a website and it goes directly to it so they can leave a five star review. I would just hand that out to technicians and it actually boosted uh, the previous company I worked for quite a bit. I think they got over 100 and some five star reviews um, in a short period of time. That actually be a, a great idea. Or even put that on our. Um, we could even put that on our uh, invoices when we invoice. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I just we, made... you offer an account credit like for our new customers if they um, if they leave a Google review um, and they you know they give us adequate proof that they're the ones that left it and whatnot. We actually issue them a a credit. I believe it's a fifty dollar credit on their account. So there's kind of an incentive behind it to get people to. Yeah, th there's a there's a way to do that where you just you can go to Google My Business and then you can grab the link so it goes directly to 
the review page. So if somebody does it on mobile, it'll pop up right there where they can just smash the five stars like really quickly. So if you do a QR code or make a subdomain or do both, actually make a subdomain of your domain and just do like review dot um, get best security dot com and it'll go straight to it. It's pretty, yeah, pretty cool. That's actually a great idea. I, I like that idea. So we should probably put that QR code on our invoices because you know, people see it right then and there. Yep, absolutely. So what what's up with the your fraud issue? You had some some people that were kind of doing some e-commerce fraud against you. Like what what happened there? Yeah, so for our, our challenges, that's been a uh, major challenge. It's just, um, so we, we've sold a lot of parts online because we, um, you know, we sell a ton of different brands of stuff from security and fire alarm and access control and whatever low voltage equipment you can possibly think of. So, you know, we have that side as well as installing and, you know, the e-commerce site has never really been a big source of business. It just, it's kind of been a, extra source of income from people trying to find stuff online and actually just coming to us so we just kind of found that calling naturally and started doing it kind of small scale so we'd have a lot of different inventory and even refurbished stuff that we'd pull out and refurbish and sell Uh, we had a pretty big ebay page that was we were having like probably 30 orders a day for a while Mm. so in my garage because i was warehousing all this had a bunch of wooden shelves and it was all barcode based had to actually a few thousand items in stock and really just pushing out a lot of items and had a lot of different logistics in place and daily mail pickups and whatnot. But a big issue that we are finding, which I really would have never expected is both PayPal and eBay. They both, they both used to actually be the same company. I don't remember which owned the other I think eBay owned PayPal, Mm -hmm. but they have a similar mindset of when they get a claim from a buyer, the buyer is always for some reason in the right and they would never be committing any kind of wrong at all and that the seller is automatically in the wrong. Hmm. So trying to fight that, especially in the big, big tickets is a really pain in the butt trying to, because when you get fined each transaction, a $20 fine, which for one, it's it's not the end of the world, but then you lose the transaction amount and they put a negative on your account. Right. And then trying to fight that is a pain. And we have still right. to this day never won one. And right now, the biggest issue, which is really turned stuff upside down, I still can't believe this happened. And I, I it's just the weirdest situation. Um, long story short, because we're a 3CX partner, which is a phone system, mm-hmm. and we mostly deploy it on the cloud. And we can deploy it for customers remotely anywhere in the US and then register the phones and ship them out for people to boot them up connect them into a router and boom, they have a phone system. So um, kind of like a DIY voice RP type of a thing, if you know, depending on the system and whatnot, there's obviously a lot of variables to it. Right. But um, we had a small little system we sold to an individual out of Ohio who claimed to have been setting up a company and they had all these employees lined up and stuff. So we sent them out phones. They bought the phones, they bought the system, they bought SIP trunking, and, you know, they got close to a $1,000 ticket. It was a smaller system, but, you know, still it was a really good-sized ticket. And they had 20 transactions of different, because we also have a paid training program for um, training employees on how to use the system and um, technical support. And if they want to learn how to do, do administration on their own system, we can teach them how to do that if they pay for it. And we have an hourly rate to all this. And we also have a premium emergency hour rate like for after hours and weekends and whatnot. So, um, 
they racked up all these charges and then one day uh we got a ton of I, my inbox my email just blew up because i had 20 total transactions and i got 20 case uh emails from paypal saying that the spire opened all these cases on this phone system mm. and so i called them and said you know what's what's going on here what are we because we even did a lot of stuff for free and we just we bent over backwards for those people me and my other it staff um one of them who actually quit over this just because they this customer drove them absolutely insane wow um we uh they dispute all these charges so they tacked on a a 20 dollar fine on each charge back and then the um they also took away the transaction amount so we had close to a negative one thousand dollar balance in our paypal account and um we're i'm still fighting with this actually right now this happened about six months ago and supposedly the buyer claims that his 12-year-old son made all these purchases for this phone system. Oh, what? And it was all a hoax. And, um, you know, we need to go stake it because we sold to a 12-year-old. It's like, you've oh got to be kidding me because why wow. would a 12-year-old buy a voice or IP phone system? That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's really stupid. But they actually, they shut down our PayPal account. I have a <laughs> massive, massive debt collection letter on my desk. And I'm oh no! PayPal to <laughs> so we lost our payment processor. We have a ton of alarm monitoring subscribers who are we not getting money from um, because our PayPal account, which is processing those automatic payments, is just gone now. And um, so I'm losing literally hundreds every month thanks to that. And it just it, it's a big pain. I'm trying to fight this with the debt collectors so they don't ruin my credit. But uh, anyway. Wow. Going on, yeah. Without going on a long rant about all that, that's uh, that's been another struggle. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's too either. bad, man. Yeah. Look out for that. So with um with this programming snafu, like what what happened that day? You mentioned that like you misconfigured something, you factory reset it. Like what did you do? Yes, yeah, so that, that's a pretty funny story. There, I, I would say that's at the top of. Uh, the funniest thing that's ever happened to me that I could think of this evening. Um, basically, what happened is we finished up installing a brand new 32 zone. I think it's 32 zone. It was somewhere around there. Hardwired Honeywell security system in a new build. And um, there's two programming fields in a Honeywell Vista system. There's star 79 and there's star 97. So start 79 is for programming programmable output triggers for okay. things like smoke detector reset, relays, auxiliary sirens or lights, etc. on the panel. So there's two of them on most of the panels that you can program. So you can have them latch on or off for different events or close for a certain amount of time and open or whatever. Um, and then there's star 97, which is the field for factor resetting this of uh, the system. So I finished all of the programming on this hardwired new install, and that, that took hours because there was zone programming, addressing the expansion modules, adding zone labels, which is it's even worse than text on an old flip phone. It's, it's really a pain to do those, especially uh, setting up entry and exit delays, the whole works. So this took hours of work and programming to do, and the last thing you need to do to program the system were these three garage door relays on these output triggers in field star 79. So I was just trying to finish up as later in the evening and I was going through everything pretty quick and meant to enter in star 79, but going through everything so quickly, I accidentally entered in star 97 and factory reset the 
the system. So when you go into this field, the stupid thing about it is there's no confirmation. Like, do you really want to factory reset the what? system? <laughs> and when you do this, it's, it doesn't say anything like resetting. It just it freezes on a screen, okay, for about five minutes. So I did that, just not even realizing what I did, and it was frozen. So come on, you know, sometimes it takes a minute, and it wasn't going anywhere. So I I did it again. And then it wasn't going anywhere. So I looked at my manual, made sure I had the right thing. And then it just, it occurred to me what the heck I did. Oh, man. So I, I, I absolutely panicked. I ran downstairs and, you know, we put a panel lock on all the panels and we screw in the side because uh, there's two screws you can put on the side of the panel can. I undid those screws. I unlocked it. I pulled the battery and then I also had to get the power off the system. I was just hoping to salvage it on a long shot. So I unscrewed, there's a screw that goes into, you know, the screw that holds an outlet cover on an outlet right in the middle. Yeah. Well, these transformers, you can plug them in and then you can take out the screw for the outlet cover and screw it in there. So you can't unplug the transformer. Mm-hmm. And this is a big, a long screw. So I'm unscrewing it as fast as humanly possible. <laughs> right. Shaking and I unplug it and wait about 20 minutes hoping that I might have salvaged the programming um, in the process of it resetting. So I finally decided I might plug it back in and go back up and it's it's wiped out it's it, oh, i didn't acknowledge it so yeah you know i was obviously really <laughs> mad at that point but looking back on it i can kind of laugh at it now so every time i go to program output triggers on a honeywell system now <laughs> i take a minute i press the star and think about what i have to do and do it extra carefully to make sure i don't enter in star 97 yeah are you still using honeywell stuff or what what, what kind of shop are you yeah, so we use Honeywell and DSC mostly for the hybrid systems. I got you. Okay. It really depends because like some some customers request Honeywell specifically mm. just because they build a new home or move in somewhere and they, they right. had that system previously and they just want to have the same functionality. But they're they're both great systems. That just that's a flaw in it that I think is really <laughs> stupid. Why why you wouldn't confirm having you know when you enter in star ninety seven. <laughs> You know, at least don't don't surprise people and not let them know what's going on. Yeah, I can't imagine have a confirmation or or make it like star ninety seven, star ninety seven. You know, make it something more a little more complicated, like not and, not uh, like the reverse of like a a common thing you have to do. Yeah, at least let people know what they're doing as well instead yeah. of just saying nothing on a blank screen. Gosh, so come on, Honeywell. Yeah, I mean that, that system's been around for like the last thirty years, or so. They're really not doing any more to it, but it's, you know, aside from that, it's still a great system that we use quite a bit. Yeah, great system, I guess. It's Honeywell. They're interesting. Yeah, cool. They so what um, what's what's helped you in your career? Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, this is a big thing for me as well, is, is networking events and, and meetups. What, uh, what, what types of networking events and meetups are you going to? Mostly just local stuff like... Um, because we use ADI a lot as a distributor because they sell all kinds of different stuff. Um, that's our main distributor for, you know, most over-the-counter type of stuff. Obviously, stuff like Cisco, that's a lot harder to get. And we have, like, scan stores and Ingram Micro and places for that kind of specialty stuff. But for ADI, they're kind of our all-around distributor. And they have they have uh, what they call the ADI Expo. So they have one in every city at some point in the mm. year. And so they, it's usually at like a hotel venue, conference room, a lot like, you know, our low voltage nation meetup. And they have very high quality food catered in and there's mm-hmm. vendor products. And 
obviously a lot of different people from all different walks in this industry and so it just it's a great local free event to go to once a year and see what's new what manufacturers are there um, get to know some of the reps or the manufacturers network with different installers and different stuff you know how you can help each other out just just random stuff like that so that's that's yeah. been a really good experience to have um a goal this year is to try to make it to isc west in vegas i don't know if you're familiar with that show mm-hmm. yep that's actually a goal from for me as well i'm gonna try and make it out there this year yeah i um i'd really like to attend that i've just never had the opportunity to go to it um you know vegas is a very expensive place to travel to unfortunately yeah uh, yeah traveling is expensive especially to vegas <laughs> yeah but um I, I think that'd be a really because that, that's really where all the big stuff happens and that's it's nothing compared to the um you know it, it's a whole lot better than the ada expo so right that that's one of my goals i like to try to accomplish pretty soon because uh, i think that really helped me out a lot and then also there's a lot of different industry related facebook groups so mm-hmm. like uh, burglar alarms online by jake wolf from ssnsi they're a small privately owned distributor for security out of florida awesome distributor we use them for our security stuff mostly um we also uh there's also nice set fire alarms online which is for the fire alarm trade access control professionals uh what else is there uh what is low voltage business owners online i think is another one there's a variety of them and um great groups you can really learn a lot people post a lot of high quality work on there so you can really see different techniques people use in their work and um also really poor examples of work too (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing you got to be careful because if you do poor work it's going to be on the internet it's going to be like a before and after picture and you're you're going to be that guy so (laughs) do good work gold standard um, stuff (laughs) a few people have even been called out because people have left their name in the in the panel cans before like on the burglar alarm form oh so (laughs) people have found them on the group and actually mentioned them on the post oh wow so and so and it's it's pretty funny to see um there's been a few people who've been shamed out of and they've just left the group out of shame but it's like well i mean what goes around comes around right so if yeah if if you don't want your work to be presented to the public why did you do it to the customer yeah yeah you think it was behind a closed door that nobody would see (laughs) you thought wrong (laughs) yep someone found you yeah that's not good. So everyday carry, uh, you kind of got me excited because the first thing that you mentioned was a console cable. <laughs> it's like you don't leave home without your console cable. Why is that? Well, too often um, you find yourself like when people set up the telnet or SSH access lists on like Cisco switches and routers and stuff, you find too often that they're um, they're on a whitelist only basis. And you may not be able to get that IP or have the ability to get into the machine that has that IP. Right. Or you may get yourself banned or for some reason or whatever it may be. Uh, and it's just, it's not always the most reliable way to get into something like that. So I always keep in my yep. stuff a blue classic Cisco console cable. Yep. And then because I have a 2019 MacBook Pro with USB C, I also have the three dongles to <laughs> yeah. adapt to, to from the serial to USB to USB C and whatnot so i can actually <laughs> use it and and uh, hook it into my laptop um and just plug it into the console port on the device and get in and do simple stuff like vlans and um you know 
DHCP pools and just miscellaneous stuff, enabling and disabling switch ports, uh, setting voice VLANs, all that kind of good stuff. Does it really take three dongles to get a console cable working on the MacBook Pro? Yeah, so you have the console <laughs> cable, which is it goes from RG, RJ45, that's the side that plugs in the device, to DB9 serial, you can RS232. And then I have a, when I had my older MacBook Pro, which is a 2010, just has U, standard USB on it. So then I could go from the, um, I had a USB to serial adapter, and that's all I needed, but it still drove me nuts not having a regular serial port. So then when I got this new MacBook Pro earlier this year, I was hoping I could find some kind of, um, like a USB-C to serial adapter. But mm-hmm. apparently no one's thought that through to make that. I don't know if they think <laughs> serial's obsolete. So then I have to go from the, uh, what would it be, like USB-A to USB-C. And it's <laughs> like, you know, I have all these different things linked together. And it's just, it, it drives good. me nuts. It's a yeah. weird shaped cable. But um, hey, it, it gets the job done. And, um, you know, that that's really what counts and i just use the mac terminal to get into it you have to do a screen command which is kind of a pain <laughs> no one makes anything like putty for mac or at least that's free yeah um so but hey it, it gets a job done and i also have have a this is one of my favorite tools it's a klein 15 in one uh screwdriver so it has this like this magnetic barrel that pulls out of the end oh yeah you can pop out the different ends they have a different end on each side and snap them in and it has a really nice grip on it really awesome tool and they also have some little um tiny klein tweakers that are good for stuff mm-hmm. i have an adjustable wire stripper it's like one of those ones that adjusts any size instantly and that that's a really good tool and it it really depends because you know i do so much different work it really depends on what i plan on doing that day um because i have so many different tools i have stuff for networking and coax and um, alarm systems and finding ground faults and fire systems and testing batteries and um, you know the list goes on on stuff I could possibly need so but really just like the basics would be the main stuff I would always have and also that Vito Pro Pack uh, TP3 like we talked about that's an awesome tool bag by far my favorite um, you can put a lot of stuff in there it's compact you can clip it on your belt and not have to feed a belt through it really awesome tool bag for anyone looking for a head quality tool bag i would say Vito yeah. Pro Pack would be at my top of my list yeah Vito pro pack is a really popular one they're expensive too but i'm, I'm really yeah, hoping that they'll send me a free one you know I'll, I'll review it even though i'm not in the field anymore because <laughs> i have a new job that's not really related to uh doing a lot of field work but uh i'll definitely take a Vito pro pack i still have a lot of tools that i need to put into it <laughs> yeah and you, even if you if you do stuff around the house a lot it's it's a great thing to have. Just it's it's sturdy. It has a nice has some nice leather on it. Really sturdy nylon. And the rest of it, it's um they're expensive, but they're they're great. They have you know they're designed to last a lifetime. So why is your three CX phone a productivity tool? Well, we use it a lot for a lot of different stuff. So we use the three CX um, uh, the meetings in three CX. Kind of like what we use Google Meet for. It's kind mm-hmm. of the same thing, but within our own phone system. And then, um, you know, colleague to colleague calls. Um, we have our voicemail, call queues. Um, you know, it's our primary point of contact for how customers reach us. Um, we can intercom 
quickly just do star seven and then whoever's extension and it's just it's it's a really great tool we also have an instant messaging within some one of my favorite features of 3cx in particular is there's something called the 3cx web client and it, it works especially well on cloud hosted systems so mm-hmm. you go to your fqdn which is basically it's like a um it's like an address to your system that almost like a domain that 3cx generates so it's like your company name dot 3cx.us slash web client okay and you log in with your extension number and password everyone has their own login and then you can click to call other extensions um there's also there's a, if you use google chrome you can install a chrome extension that's called click to call so it identifies numbers on the web page you can click that number and hit enter and it automatically takes your phone and it communicates because I have a Yaling phone on my desk, communicates with your phone and dials that number and gets the call going right away instantly. So then you just pick up the handset and you have to punch in the number. Um, and you can also transfer calls through the web client by clicking on the person you want. You can message back and forth with them while you're on a call or even not on a call just through the 3CX web client. So it's, it's a really great resource. Something else we're working on is integrating it in our website because 3CX can generate a special link that when someone goes to it, you can embed it in your HTML code of your site. And someone can send a, they can like put in their name, phone and email and do like a live chat, either on a designated web page or on your website. So that's a really awesome feature. So we're working on integrating that. So people can have like a what, like a live web chat on our website um, as another way to contact us and um, we, we just we use it a lot all around and we also use our Zoho suite a lot as well because that runs our email we have our email groups like our contact group which goes out to everyone and then we have certain um, like administrative groups that people can reach for higher brass people and um, we also have an instant messaging within that it's called Zoho click and that works really well and then what we use the most from day to day is our CRM software, mm-hmm. which is awesome because with 3CX, you can take the link of your CRM and you can set whatever variable field, like so um, whatever the link of your, the URL of your CRM would be. And then in that URL where the customer's number would be when you're doing a search, 3CX can insert the numbers. So like when you have a, a, a queue call coming in or even a direct extension dial, and you pick up the phone, 3CX can take that caller ID number coming in on your phone, and when you pick it up, it can put that in the right spot on that URL, that URL specific to your CRM, pop up a new tab on Google Chrome or whatever browser, and then it pulls up the customer right away so you can see the notes. You can um, put notes on there and know exactly who it is and what the last interaction is. So that's really helpful. So people can pick up where the last one left off, um, you know, for client base. And it's, it's really a nice thing to have and it's pretty competitively priced as well. Yeah. Three CX looks pretty interesting. I'm just, I'm on their website right now. It looks like you can deploy it on, you know, windows, Linux, you know, in cloud, you know, Google cloud, AWS and Azure, but you can also just like do the on-prem stuff pretty quickly and easily. And it's really reasonably priced as well. This is pretty yeah, interesting, you, actually. You know what I love about it is um, when you generate a license key or you buy a hiring license key for a client, 
you can there's a deploy button on there and you can click that and choose like you like you said there's aws and there's google cloud and azure and you know all the main cloud hosting sources on there so you can click it choose where you want to have it hosted if you go the cloud hosted route um so like we usually use google cloud and then you log into the google cloud account you choose machine type set the time zone state basic basic stuff and in about 10 minutes it'll have the system installed your administrative login credentials the ip of it all that stuff it emails it to you and in 10 minutes you can have a phone system installed on the cloud and running you can be setting up extensions and stuff really wow. really fast because on, on premise when you actually go through putting a, an iso file in that can take several hours just you know waiting for it to install and prompts and stuff sure yeah oh so, really awesome doing it on the cloud great system cool man I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into it you know currently i'm using g suite so i just to get a phone number and it all set up on google voice it it's not too cheap but it's really easy <laughs> it just takes right. a couple minutes yeah, so. if, if you want everyone upgrade you know to a higher end phones thing you know we'll sponsor you on that give you a uh, software license put it up on the cloud and mm, okay trunk into it cool man so what's one piece of advice you would give somebody taking a similar path that you've taken well um i would really say you need to be happy with what you're doing because if you don't <laughs> like what you're doing for work there's no way you'll put your best foot forward and do a good job exactly yeah, yep and you wake up every day hating what you do and what you have to do in that day and um, I'd also tell them, take the time to grow their business at the pace they want. Otherwise, it'll just it'll put too much stress on you and you'll be growing faster than you can handle and you just won't be happy. So just, you know, take your time, go at the pace you need, um, take it easy, do good work, go with the flow of where your calling is and love what you're doing and you'll be happy at the end of the day. Yep. I love it. It's the, it's the reason why I started Low Voltage Nation is to help other people find that fulfillment. And also, you know, for myself too. And so far, so good. <laughs> I'm six months into this adventure and uh, I'm probably the happiest I've ever been in my entire adult life. So <laughs> that's awesome. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, lots of big changes for me uh, personally, professionally. And it all revolves around LVN uh, taking on a a new job, uh, working with some local networking events and everything gets, you know, kind of routed through low voltage nation. You know, that's kind of like the core of, of, you know, what I do every day and, uh, it's how I find yeah. the moment and it's awesome. Good for you. Glad to hear that. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're really, uh, we're really kicking ass with this whole LVN stuff with all these ambassadors. We get the meetup coming up, you know, you're, you're really stepping up to the plate and being, uh, you know, the, one of the core team ambassadors. So it's, uh, it's been good, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm happy to be part of it. You know, really try to leave a mark in this industry to try to make it better for, you know, tomorrow's low voltage installers because really it'll only degrade if we don't keep it up and maintain a certain standard. So yeah. I, I think what we're doing is really important and in the long run, it'll pay off. And, you know, if we're all happy that that's really what counts, you know, if you're enjoying it as a job, that's, that's awesome. You need to be doing that. Otherwise, it, it won't be quality you know yep so where can we find uh your stuff what do you want to promote is it it's the website is the the central hub for all your all of your information correct yeah so our, our website's newer within just the last couple months so it's going to be getting more detailed and we adding more pages as time goes on you can roughly see what we do right now um if you want to visit our website it's get g-e-t 
bestsecuritysystems.com. They'll take you to our website. Um, we also we have we actually have a page designated to the Cisco Small Business stuff too. Once we release that, um, cool. and that's uh, Cisco Small Business Um So there's a designated page on that and information on all our offerings for that. Uh, and then we also have our Instagram account. Uh, the company account I really need to get on that and improve that this year. Mm-hmm. Post a lot. The majority of our posts, unfortunately, <laughs> are just like holiday-related posts, and that's not that's the point of it. It's not an account to wish people happy holidays. It's an account right. to promote our business. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, take some um, take some shots of your installs, and you know, do some videos here and there. That's that's what people want to see. That's what really gets a lot of traction, a lot of likes, and engagement is the install shots. Right. Yeah, and I I've tried to put some stuff on there. I actually have some stuff queued up I need to put on there. I just did a recent uh, Cisco small business install. Mm-hmm. and use some different 10-4 optics and whatnot. So I'll put that up on there and did some miscellaneous security work. And then also hopefully we'll be getting a uh, really big camera install for a uh, chain lumber yard. And, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, have some good data rack pictures and some Cisco Enterprise equipment going in there and, and whatnot. So that'll be hopefully some good content to throw up there. And uh, so our, our business Instagram account is at get best security systems with an S at the end. Cool. And then uh, my personal account, which I, I mostly post on there, um, you know, like stuff I'm working on, you know, a little less formal, um, I guess you could put it. And, but you actually see more activity on there. Is it Zach, on. Zach Cordova? What's, what's your personal Instagram? Yeah, it's at Zachary Cordova. So that's Z A C H A R Y Cordova, C O R D O V as in Victor A. Cool. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find our stuff. We also have a business Twitter account. But you know what? I really haven't, I've stopped putting <laughs> stuff on there because it's so, it's so hard. No one can find it. Or, uh, ah, yeah. It, there's like one follower on there, and I've put a bunch of stuff on there. So I was, you know, I was like, you know what? Forget this. I'm not going to put any more effort into this because apparently no one cares or wants to see it. So it um, takes so much work. If you, if you haven't already built up your account from like back in the day when it actually mattered a little bit more, uh, it's such an uphill battle. It takes yeah, a tremendous amount of work. Total. Yeah. So yeah, I've been pumping LBN content into there. Just my strategy of taking Instagram photos of ambassadors and pumping it out to LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, so, and I pump up the, the podcast at Twitter as well. And just like updates here and there. So I'm active on there kind of, but I don't want to ignore any platform. So I try to get some content out there. That's good. Yeah. We've had several Facebook uh, pages on or my account. Yeah. For whatever reason, every few months I'm getting a new Facebook. So if you ever say I'm not a Facebook friend, it's not by choice. Um, my Facebook, someone is reporting my Facebook account every few months. And okay down and they're not listening to my appeals i don't know what because they don't even have a reason for it um maybe just, it's another zach cordova and they're mad i don't know that's it's, it's weird so <laughs> i i pretty much reference nothing because i don't want to you know i so i don't even have a profile picture up on there just yeah my account was, so is that you should i should i unfriend you or <laughs> who is that <laughs> no you, you you do have me as a friend on there okay so you found the right person but the, the weird thing is, is, you know, it just keeps getting shut down. So when my business page is tied to it, it deletes the business page too. 
So I gave up on putting up Facebook pages for our business. It's apparently not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but something else I do need to get done this year is putting up a LinkedIn page for a business because we've never had yes. one of them. Yeah, definitely do that because you have your personal, but I'm always right. tagging tagging the businesses. And that's kind of the whole point is to showcase the ambassador's business and help grow that. So definitely get that done. Yeah, I'll try to Fo get that done. Faux show. Fun. Yeah, well, once I get my LVN tour van, uh, I'll come out and visit you because uh, you're not going to be at the meetup, um, which is cool. I'll be touring around the country hopefully soon and uh we can meet up and hang out do some uh do some work together yeah that'd be great yeah cool man i'm out here that'd be awesome all right zach well i i appreciate your time and i'll i guess i'll talk to you at the mastermind meeting on sunday right yeah sounds great and i appreciate you having me as a guest here blake i really do yep talk to you soon zach take care sounds good thanks take care